Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sanjo Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sanjo Gall. Hello and uh, welcome to CTN. To learn more about the show, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. And the topic today is bringing business and IT together to deliver digital. What do I mean by that? So you are trying to scale and accelerate your digitalization efforts, and you're trying to rethink many of the elements that's involved. You might be trying to figure out, while we have been always talking about business and IT alignment, but here we are talking convergence. You're trying to talk, whether at the business side or on the IT side, bring the two types of workers together, let them talk together, let them solve problems together, let them learn and adopt the newer and the latest and greatest technologies together. And in fact, as one family, also deal with uncertainties together. So are organizations fully cooked yet in this area? Where are they? What are the related challenges and the remedies that we can think of which would help build that one cohesive unit, a one family between the business and IT. And to discuss this, we have Dennis Hodges, Chief Information Officer in Teva Products. Hey, Dennis, how are you? Fine, thank you. Great, great to have you. And we also have Roland Branick, uh, Senior Vice President and Chief Information Officer with Hibat. Hey, Ronald, how are you, sir? Nice to see you all. Great, great to have you. So, Dennis, let's start with you. I mean, you know, digital, whenever we talk digital, it means you're fundamentally thinking IT, almost like exploiting its own, uh, you know, value and or exploiting its potential. That is, IT is the very foundation, and at the same time, we also also know and we should know and we should consider digital as a digital initiative for it to be successful. So while on the digital, the coolness side, business shows a lot of excitement. But are they equally excited in understanding and recognizing and supporting IET, which is the very foundation, so that IT gets to do what it is supposed to do to make digital a reality? Well, I'm just glad that no one's traveling right now because the executives are not reading the travel magazines that always have some article about them about how you could change things. So that, just kidding around. But basically, I think the business teams, you know, within an organization and between organizations have your early adopters, your fast followers. I've got that inside my organization. I've got some people that are that see the promise, and then I've got some people that want to be the last in line. So what we try to do with them is let's work with those ones that want to do it first, get the excitement that they have, get something in place, and then show everyone. And it's amazing how quickly everyone else wants to fall in line at that point. So uh, given what is going on right now, uh, so Ronald, when you look at your organization and you see uh, the business trying to go in a given uh, direction, some people, some of the leaders might hear something at the golf course if they do go out golfing, or they would find something else which is cool. 
and they come to you and the hallway conversations could potentially become expectations, but do they put the money where their mouth is and or their sponsorship and support? Well, I think in, in our case, uh, yes. Uh, yes and yes. First of all, when they bring me ideas, uh, I'm not the organization of no. I'm the organization of how. And so uh, my goal in working with my business partners is to provide the influence. So get excited that they're coming to you with ideas. Get excited about the, 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 the things that they're seeing, the things that they want to try. Find the proper mode or method to do that, whether it's a proof of concept, a skunk works, or some sort of a digital pilot, uh, but investigate and do that collaboratively. I think one of the things the pandemic has driven for us is the use of higher use of digital collaboration tools. Uh, and so in that, uh, we've had to get together uh, in virtual rooms to, to, to discuss things. Things that would have in the past probably been a drive-by or an email or a memo, now are actually now getting all the right people on the phone to, to have a conversation and dialogue about where we want to go together. And so uh, sponsorship's been extremely high. Uh, our business leadership uh, uh, wants our business partners to own the initiatives. They do not want IT to own the initiatives. That's a big transformation for us in the digital transformation was saying IT is not going to lead it. IT is going to enable it. And so that put, uh, put our business partners square in the center seat of, of understanding what they were asking for and being able to articulate it as opposed to just throw it over the wall and see what IT can come up with. And so those days are gone. Uh, collaboration is the play. And you had mentioned in your, in your lead-in um, the, the idea of, of how we get together to solve problems. Uh, IT is, is a part of that without, without question. Uh, they're a thought leader in that space. But ultimately, we're doing it not for IT's sake, but for business sake. Is there a business value outcome? Are we going to drive the right behaviors? Will it enhance our customer experience? If we can't answer yes to those two or three questions, we probably oughtn't be spending time on it. So, Dennis, besides business doling out those great ideas, cool ideas, and saying, yes, I am willing to work with you, are they literally outsourcing that thinking and reimagining effort to IT? Or are they looking to grow themselves in this new digital realm and to kind of start thinking the digital experiences? What do you see as the evolution uh, of the business looking like, the business constituents, if you will? Well, in our, in our world, in the industry I'm in, which is automotive suppliers, it's, it's a pretty conservative world. And most of the product lines and you know, the, the functions are really, you know, every day is survival mode in some ways. So, you know, I feel like I'm the hand reaching down to help pull someone up to that level, you know, of digitalization and understanding what we can do. And my company looks at me to do that. So, you know, I think what, you know, Ron mentioned Skunk Works, things like that, starting small projects, I fund them. Uh, sometimes the executive in that group may or may not even really know about it because it's not that big a project, but it's something to get the ball started. Uh, we've done that with several projects that have turned into uh, massive successes on, uh, on the shop floor where you find that one plant manager that understands systems and system thinking 
you work with them and then the ones that really were not interested see the benefit and then they want it. So uh, I'm a big believer in that process. I've been doing this for 35 years now, and that's certainly a better way than trying to force something down their throat or waiting for them. Because if you wait for somebody to come into an idea, they may have already gone somewhere else, you know, because they hear the same vendors, you know, especially robotic process automation. Some of the big ERPs are very good at finding the executives in business lines and trying to talk directly to them. So my job, in a way, and Ron, you may have worked at the company I used to work with, because they were the just say no IT group. So I, I, my view is just like yours. Ours is not the no, it's the how can we do it. So Ron, when you listen to Dennis, where he mentioned that he truly has to carry the, the not the burden, but the responsibility of getting things moving or getting things crystallized beyond the very idea shared by the business folks. Let's look at your organization where you mentioned that they are very wholeheartedly sponsoring it. But then we don't want IT people to be those tired Hercules who just one initiative after another and the speed at which they keep dropping on our lap, keep increasing to be you know, bogged down with fatigue and uh, with everything on our plate. So have you seen business saying, you know what, don't worry, Ron, I'll have, I'll have your back, I will step up. Or if they're not, are you doing anything to help them muster that courage and confidence to say, I will co-create, I will reimagine along with you? Again, it's a, it's a very collaborative process here at, 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 at Hibbit. Um, because I've got really, really bright, forward-thinking business partners. Uh, for me, it's it's a, it, it's a pleasure. Um, we've got some great talent in the teams uh, on both sides of the house. Everybody brings a different skill to the table. Um, our business partners do a fair amount of their own homework up front and trying to figure out the direction they want to go. We're strategically aligned. We're board aligned, and we run a uh, we run a pretty tight portfolio. So there's only so much money to go around. Uh, there's uh, those things that drive the greatest return on investment. There's resources as a constraint. Um, and so what are we going to work on in what order to make sure that we uh, live uh, live strong and, and healthy, as it were, uh, not burning people out? I will tell you that digitization has only increased the pace. Uh, I think my portfolio has more than tripled in the last two years. Um, but I've also gotten financial support to make uh, – and bring people together and the right resources together, whether inside or outside the company, to uh, to make good things happen. And so we are very much uh, uh, return on investment driven. We're very much customer focused. Uh, we, we've got a good, strong um, mission that, that leads us to where we want to go. Uh, it's all about now trying to create the environment for everybody to be able to operate successfully within that. So I've got a great partnership. So, Ron, would you give all the credit or you will just say you're plain lucky or you would give some credit to yourself for having groomed your business people to step up to that level that they can start thinking digital and be your uh, the best buddy, if you will, to help take this journey together? Well, first of all, it, it, while it, it's, it is often the how and, and it's often the, the, the manner in which we'll do it, um, 
I also have to share and provide a fair amount of influence. And so that influence is driven towards the understanding what my business partners are really seeking and showing them a, a method to achieve that. Sometimes you can't get the whole the whole basket in one in one pull. Sometimes you gotta you gotta break it up a little bit and and, uh, and move it into the right place at the right time. So helping people understand and align on those things are something that I do and can do. Would I give myself total credit? Nope. Uh, would I give myself even partial credit? Uh, I give myself credit for being the kind of business partner I would want. And so if if I was in their shoes, what would I want from IT? And while, and if my answer was everything unyielding and at, at my pace, then I'm really not a very good business partner. A business partner looks to, to and seeks to manage the challenges on both sides of the fence and tries to achieve an outcome that, that ultimately will help the business succeed and the organization grow stronger. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. And Dennis, when we come back, let's look at the very way digital comes into being because it is digital is such a vast subject if you will and if you have to get that getting introduced into an organization you have to go bite size and when you do bite size and it's too small people while will take notice but will not be moved enough and if you try to do way too much then you're going to disrupt the regular day-to-day working how do you identify what is just about enough and how do you justify the or, or kind of calculate or demonstrate the ROI, which is just about enough that the business leaders will say, okay, I will let my team people hobnob and or network or co-create with the IT counterparts to make digital happen. How are you pulling this off? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back and explore. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIOTalkNetwork.com. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Dennis, digital taken in small bites might not give enough oomph or enough ROI uh, demonstrable ROI for you to get the teams to disrupt from the regular day working. And if you try to do too much, you may either never get funding or people would not even want to start. So how do you pull something like this? Or how do you even tackle this challenge that we may have? Well, let me use an example that I have uh, re- that happened recently. Robotic process automation, you know, tools, automating tools, uh, we had a number of projects that spanned across the business. Uh, the good thing was, rather than having 20 projects for AR or AP or supply chain, what we tried to do was narrow it down so that there were a small number in each area, but 
it was big enough to kind of fund the initial investment. And we could show the ROI, we could show the payback and the cost-benefit analysis without, you know, one, scaring people that RPA was going to take everybody's job and, you know, just also show that we could do this incrementally. Now, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, when you do a new ERP or something like that, that's where you've got a much longer sales pitch. And, you know, you may take six months just, you know, finding those people in the business that you know would benefit from something, getting them on board, because, you know, like we talked offline, leadership is really the key to driving technology. Technology, you know, I've never seen technology able to drive leadership in the right direction. You know, we can, you know, you can get in a car and know 100 miles an hour with autopilot on, but are you going to end up where you wanted to be? You know, so that's that's kind of my take on that one. So, again, I think that, you know, you start a simile, you start small, and it almost turns into that snowball rolling down the hill. It just grows and grows. And, again, you got to be able to keep it between the ditches at that point is your main job. So, Ron, in your case, granted, you have the blessing from the top, but I'll just come down level down, which is your business unit leaders. They are essentially being measured on how they get a business unit to perform. And yes, they could definitely benefit from infusion of digital and maybe even have a mandate from the boss, which is your executive management to get certain things done. But at every day, they are still watching to see that nothing that they do uh, disrupts in a significant manner, whatever they have going in us with, with stability. And here you come as a technology leader, excited about a project, even though you and they were in the same room. But when it comes to execution, there could be a tug of war or there could be a passive or an active resistance to say, I'm not going to let my team spend endless hours ideating, doing whiteboarding, where they could be doing whatever they're supposed to do in your day job. What have you done? Like you smoothened the road with the executive management to also get these business unit leaders by your side so that there's less friction there? Well, two things, and I'll start with Dennis's example of an ERP. We are now presently implementing an HR finance and payroll ERP for the company. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a heavy lift, no, no question about it. Uh, what are the best practices for getting there? Well, go in as vanilla as possible. Find the right match for your company, and then don't try and customize it the way it used to work you learn how to use it the way it works today and change your business process. And in doing that, and, uh, for our company, uh, our head of HR and our head of finance, um, both are the executive sponsors. So it, it originally was pitched as, Ron's going to own this project. What it ended up being before we got to final ROI was the business leaders own the project. Ron, Ron's helping them deliver it. And so uh, that allowed us to work together. We, we did a lot of things throughout that process. I could do a whole, a whole session just on doing an ERP, but that's a big bite, right? What we tend to do is, is on everything else other than ERPs, it's called under-promise, over-deliver. So break it down in, into smaller bites, be bold, right? Find your ROI, classify and, and rank those first, because what end, ends up killing most projects uh, on uh, the cutting room floor is the pile-on effect. So someone had a good idea and said, gee, this would give us a good, nice million-dollar return on investment. 
by the time all the ideas got added to it, right, the ROI was gone. And so the idea is find out what the minimum lift is to give you the maximum ROI and then decide whether or not that last, that last 5 10% of ROI is worth the triple-digit uh, millions of, of investment to get it, right? It's the difference between a, being a Tier 3 data center and a Tier 4 data center and a Tier 5 data center. Uh, you measure those in, 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 um, in mega millions. But if you're a Tier 3 data center, you're probably good enough for most, most lines of business unless you're at the, you know, the NSA or DOJ or something like that. So alphabet soup. So for, for us, under-promise, over-deliver, be bold, uh, look for the ROI, uh, don't let hangers on, uh, talk about phase two for additional value if someone can justify it uh, and make sure everybody is, is aligned all the way up through the board. Our board sees our portfolio. I present it every quarter. Um, and so they get a chance to see what we'll work on and they, they give advice as well. When we came up for a review of the portfolio this last quarter, they said, I want the portfolio portion for ERP to be presented by the business sponsors from HR and finance. Ron, I'd just like you to just go ahead and comment if you have questions or if you, if you feel like there's input needed. That was the board telling and reinforcing our senior leadership, our CEO's statement that business owns the process. And they must own the initiative and the cost and the impact if it fails. And so that's brought us together much closer as a leadership team, uh, knowing we're helping each other win. So, Dennis, based on uh, Ron's response, a question pops up. Digital is not about, again, just the same old, same old, you're rethinking, you're reimagining. And you might have to wear your Steve Jobs hat. And since you're not the CEO, because Steve Jobs was, he could call the shots 100%, you would still have to go to the boss. And if boss is always looking at hard ROI, how would you ever get those, not truly futuristic, but projects which don't show immediate ROI, but they could definitely be a great gamble, if I were to use that word, to really get you a quantum leap? What do you, do you even go that route to try to be a Steve Jobs or, or like Ron, you, you mentioned that, you know, there's a hard ROI requested for each of them. And I, I'll come to you about that too. But Dennis, I wanted to ask you this question. Have you ever tr- tried to go play Steve Jobs and, and get accepted on the potential ROI versus hard ROI? Well, to start with, and I'll disappoint my son by saying this is I've never wanted to be a Steve Jobs because he's kind of a term I won't use on the radio. But uh, but uh, I understand what you're saying as far as, you know, being bold, you know, thinking about the big ideas that may be initially hard to show return that long-term could. Again, I really think it, it gets back to relationship at that point. You know, the person you're trying to convince has to believe that you and the others that are involved really understand the business and you understand where we're trying to go to as a company because uh, we've, so we, our old CEO just retired a new one was our sales VP. He's got a little bit different perspective. He's, of course, he's quite a bit younger because you know, we got to just retired, but uh, you know, his mindset is uh, more data driven. And so he is willing to listen to new things that eight months ago would have been a lot harder to bring up to the table because it would have just it might have been just 
you know, stopped at that point. So knowing your audience, I think, is really important to trying to sell something. Now, uh, a little inside at Intiva, IT runs at about 1% of revenue. So we are not the ones out there trying to champion the, you know, the no payback for five years kind of projects. But we are out there trying to show, you know, what can make uh, improvements. We brought Zoom in in 2014 as an example. Uh, it was the same price as the audio conferencing we used, but we didn't have people clamoring for video. Over the last year and a half, everybody's so happy we have this tool in place. We didn't have to go out and bring it in. We already had it. We were already doing some remote work you know, one day a week. So the, the you know that big switch, when people didn't come in in March of 2020, we were able to keep running, and we spent a total of $14,000 to buy one more firewall uh, so we could do VPN for people to come in. So, you know, I know that Google is looking at $1,000 a user times 119,000 people to be able to make the work from home project work. So, you know, I, you know it's, it's all about thinking ahead and, you know, trying to see the future, even though uh, it can be very cloudy. So, Ron, coming back to you about that uh, hard ROI thing, I wanted to kind of pose the similar question. The only thing is not every project would be that dreamy project. So, of course, you will earn your stripes by delivering some of those hard ROI projects. But do you get any play money for those dream projects because you earned them? Uh, I pitch for things that make sense that are aligned with with, with the business outcomes we, we seek. Um, I am responsible for, the, for strategy, innovation, and research. So, yeah, I get I get uh, some some small monies to, to to work there. Those have to be spent very very well. I also have a strong vendor community. Uh, there's very little that I haven't wanted to investigate or do that I haven't been able to find a partner that was willing to do that with me on their nickel. Uh, they got genius people working for them. They've got engineers and analysts and PhDs and. And they love a challenge like something like that. I've done uh, enormous efforts for relatively small dollars uh, just for the opportunity for them to play out in 1,100 stores, right? So they do something in my lab and the potential out of that may be a one in 10 that they actually get something that, that works and we want to take all the way out to, to the chain. That's the prize they're looking for, right? So they see the long-term, they're investing in the potential uh, of an opportunity. I, I, I definitely play that with my vendors too to make sure that there's, there's, uh, there's investment there. And then as far as, uh, you know, will everything have an ROI? No, some things are just mandatory and regulatory. There's things we do in the security space that someone say your ROI is, is not being hacked. Uh, I tell the board virtually every quarter, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And, and the, de the defense and death strategy I've implemented has cost the company a good deal of money, no question about it. Someone say every day, where's my payback? It's in the environment you operate in. And it's, and it's in the associates' confidence that their data isn't going to be stolen and that, they're, that they're, they're, the company's looking out for them both personally and professionally. So there are, there are lots of opportunities. The thing is find the right angle. And Dennis said it best. If you don't understand your audience, don't start the conversation. Uh, what, what resonates for me and what I think about what keeps me up at 2 in the morning is not necessarily the same thing that uh, resonates specifically with the CEO, my peers, or the board. What does re re uh, resonate with them is 
how can I apply what I'm thinking to an outcome that the business is focused on? If it's something I can tie to a customer experience, it's going to get, it's going to get, it's going to get ears. They're going to listen to it. If I can make an associate in the store five minutes more um, productive a day, someone will say, well, that's not much. Well, times that by 365 times 1100. Now you're talking about real money. And so uh, it's, it's not hard to find ROI in retail. Uh, what's, what's, uh, What's hard is sometimes wrapping the analytics behind it when all the things that are delivered uh, come come to fruition. Which one actually drove the ROI? And so you have to you have to you have to do that and build that as part of the project. So for me, I'm if I hear the word no, I didn't ask the right question, and I didn't present it in the right manner. That's the way I think about. Sometimes it's not now; it's it's when right. The CEO can do the same thing I can do as well. But, uh, but if I'm hearing flat nose, uh, I'm not thinking right. Let's take a quick break, Listers. We'll be right back. And Ron, let's continue our conversation on another topic, which is very much important, is agility, because which is one of the mantras every business has today. And digital also, in a way, promises agility if done right. At the same time, if you were to look at, we are trying to keep your organization fit for now and fit for the future, which means both business and IT people should learn together and be able to uh, assimilate all the knowledge that we get and evolve as individuals and as groups. But since we want to get things done yesterday, one project after another, sometimes it is, uh, you know, totally, totally crazy, if you will, if I were to use the crude term here, in the spirit of agility, what do you do while we, we achieve agility to not uh, sacrifice the individual's growth, both on the business and IT side, so that they evolve? And as a result, we build that organization that's fit for today and for the future. How do you go about striking that balance? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Ron, when you look at agility, uh, we want to move fast and pivot and, and turn on a dime and everything else that digital would uh, would expect from us or we would expect while working on the digital initiatives as well as even as business as usual. We want to be nimble and agile. All that said, we also have a responsibility to help you know get our people to grow both on business and IT side and also have them work together and make sure as a result of that, the outcome of it would be not that you're doing digital for today, but for the future. How do you strike this 
balance where you tell business, I will get the project done yesterday and still not burn out people and still allow the learning and assimilation to continue to happen between both and business and IT groups? Well, for us, it's, it's uh, because of the collaborative nature of, of the work and because digital, if you think about e- e-commerce where most people's mind goes to, uh, they deliver in, in two, four, eight-week sprints. Uh, a major release is eight weeks. Uh, the old waterfall approach in, in IT uh, says the miracle will occur here, and that's usually nine to 12 months out. Uh, th- th- those days are gone. There are certain things where that, that makes sense. You're doing an ERP, you incrementally build tenants, and, and then you roll in. Uh, but the idea is the beginning to end of our ERP journey will be about 15 months from all said and done. And that'll be pretty fast by comparison to, the, to, to, to averages. But on the digital side, uh, we, we're releasing stuff literally every week. We got multiple teams running uh, breakneck speeds, to your point. One of the things we've done, we've done a couple of things. One is we've developed uh, training and learning programs for our associates, particularly our technology folks, to career path them to where digital is going to require them to go. We make that a part of their job, and we, make, and we, and we tell them that they have to spend X number of hours per week in training. And the idea there is, is to help them help themselves and also help the company. The second thing that we've done, and I contributed as much to, to learning as anything, is, is, is immersion. So our IT people don't sit on a divided wall away from our business partners. We sit sometimes right in the same, same cube area as they do. Uh, if, we're going, if we're working in the D.C., I, our, our, it's a D.C. initiative, I want my people stationed at the D.C. They need to understand what distribution is all about, the challenges they face every day. And that means you go and unload a truck. You load a truck, you put product, you pack product, you manifest, uh, you do the paperwork, you understand the ins and the outs. If you understand and take time to understand a business from a business or user's perspective, you'll come away with a thousand ideas of how we could have made that better. The idea that we thought that that was a business process or a or an SOP that needed to be written, and ultimately we find out that could have been automated to 50 to 80% of the, of the workload we're putting on our users. We do the same thing with stores. Uh, we require our folks to go shop stores. Not, not that they have to buy, although we enjoy that they buy and they get a huge discount if they do. Uh, but the idea is that you don't understand what your customers are going through and what your associates are going through in trying to serve your customers. You, uh, you, you're, you're not doing the right things. In the digital world, when you're trying to merge both e-commerce and brick-and-mortar channels, um, that becomes paramount in, in understanding how does the associate best serve a customer who is shopping on um, a small mobile device, and how do they connect that 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 cart that they may have started online or that wish list online to a full basket in store and increase sales? Those are some of the challenges. What it's done for our associates, and what I hear the feedback is, they are happier now because they get to be a part of the business as opposed to they felt at one point to be a victim of. So, uh, Dennis, when you look at your organization. Have you been able to, um, what I call as uh, constructively slow down for you to calibrate? Because sometimes business would want to go at a warp speed, but that to be, to do, they will do so at their own peril. And if you tried to slow them down, if at all you tried that, did you get a pushback? How do you handle that part? How do you calibrate the speed at which the business should run to adopt and embrace digital to get the most value while not 
killing the whole learning potential and and business and IT working together potential? Well, I, you know, like Ron, we we embed our people not necessarily physically but figuratively in the business. I've got about 120 people in IT. There's only about 15 to 20 that are actually in their corporate office. The rest of the 120 are at a site, you know, a production site, tech center, you name it. And I would say that most of them feel like they're as much a part of the business as anyone else in the, in the plant. For example, the plant IT people officially report to the plant manager through that chain. Uh, they get direction from me and they get direction of where we're going, but I think that way they feel uh, a part of the team. And, and, you know, the idea that a lot of our IT folks in the plant, they know what it's like to go out and fix a problem on the shop floor. So, and, you know, our other area, we're a little different than Ron, is that we don't have, you know, direct sales to, to the consumers. We go through about, you know, 20 to 50 OEMs, you know, that we're selling part to that sell cars and trucks. We have huge engineering presence. We design in cooperation, in collaboration with our customers in a lot of sense, you know, especially if it's an area that we're very good at, like some of our interior products, our instrument panels and our dashboards. We bring a lot of technology there, which is really, you know, uh, become very important in the real world. Uh, <laughs> the old, uh, I guess, Jay Leno joke of the 1955 uh, Buick whatever with the steel dashboard, you know, <laughs> we don't have that anymore. It's leather, it's stitching, it's illuminated stitching, all things we've been able to bring to the party. Uh, and then the technology behind it, you know, it was, it was always been done in collaborations to how to make that better, how to make it more effectively with less scrap and ends up making it less cost for us to produce it. The scrap and waste are our enemies that if we can reduce that, that's a, a dollar for dollar to the bottom line. So that's, that's where we really try to focus. And when we do that, uh, we've been able to gate the activity, I think, uh, fairly well. We don't have a big team, but our operations teams are not that big either. I mean, they're stretched to the max every day. So we, it's not really been a problem we've seen as far as, you know, people trying to push faster than we can run. I guess I'd add, add to that. Because of the digital nature of, of the efforts we're working on today, it's, it, nothing's big bang anymore. It's all features, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we'll do is we call, it's called box, box carring, right? So there's only so much that can fit in a, a box car on a train. It, it, it's finite, right? If I've got 10 things I'm going to try to accomplish in our next sprint, and eight of them get, get there with high quality and two of them can't, the two get moved to the next box car. And we have that discussion about, okay, you got eight of 10 features, they're on time, on budget, with quality. Two of them got kicked in the next one, and here's why. That becomes a very positive conversation as opposed to, oops, we're not going to deliver anything. And in digital, that's not an option. You're going to deliver something. The question is, is what feature set are you going to deliver? And so sometimes we get a little bit uh, over our skis and in, thing, in terms of the number of features we might want to fit into a boxcar or someone uh, is using the old shoehorn technique and trying to get something else in there. Uh, generally, what it does is it causes things to uh, cause it to tip over, right? It's just a little bit too much, uh, and now the rest of the deliverables suffer. And so we've gotten pretty good at measuring what we can and can't get done. And if we learn something along the way, we check and adjust. 
That's a very transparent scrum, uh, scrum technique every morning. What did we find out yesterday? What are we going to do about today? Um, and if it's something that's going to be a barrier to delivery, let's talk about what's the right thing to do to save the most features for this release. And, and, then, and then we move from there. It's, that's agility. And business partner acceptance and responsibility and participation that is essential for it to work well. So let's take a quick break, listeners. When we come back, Ron, question for you is going to be that while there are some heroes in the company, and then you being the top leader, you come with that responsibility that you have to lead the charge and maybe business unit leaders too. But there are regular people who may not have signed up for this crazy excitement, if you will, right? Because things are moving fast. Things are new. Things are changing all the time because you want to keep pushing ahead which means something needs to inspire them versus them working under the fear of, of a potential job loss if they don't listen to whatever is being told by the boss or by the management. What do you do? Whether as a technology leader or working alongside the business leader to paint a picture or to, to show a holy grail or something else so that you become a Pied Piper and people willingly follow you to that digital zen, if you will. Please hit your listeners. We'll be right back. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjog All at CIO Talk Network. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjog All. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Be the Pipe Piper, Ron. Show the digital zen to the management and allow your people, the regular mortal souls, to have a life so that they can live to work, actually not live to work, work to live. How do you do that? Well, for, for, for our organization for, and, and for my team, um, just like I have to know my audience when I'm speaking to the, to the CEO or the board, I have to know my audience when I'm speaking to my team. Uh, understanding what's important to them. You mentioned it, you know, a, a balance of life, right? Most of the folks in, in my organization are, are excited about the digital trends. Uh, they certainly are excited about the learning of new technologies. Um, you know, it used to be five years ago, they'd say, when can you send me to class, right? Because I need to learn something new. I, I don't hear that anymore. I'm learning something new every day. So it's been my experience that if you come to the table with a, with a, with a charge, right? Thirty uh, percent of your staff are going to run, run right at it, run right with you. Don't, no need for explanation. If you think it's the right idea, I'm, I'm with you 100. percent That's 30 percent, or the next 30 percent will will say, "Listen, I'm happy to go along the journey with you. Help me understand what's in it for the company, and more importantly, what's in it for me." 
And then there's probably that, that, that lagging 30% that says, listen, I really prefer not to change. Unfortunately, in the digital world, that's really not an option. There is going to be change. But one of the things I have been able to do is we have folks within our teams that are very good at what I would call support, day-to-day maintenance. They, they carry the ball. They keep us, call it KTLO, keep the lights on. Uh, we have some folks who migrated to those roles. It's what they know best. It's what they like to do. Um, they, they like to solve the problem every day, the, the thing that's broke every day. They go home and feel very good about that. And I've got a part of the organization that, that, that wants to be on a, on a journey that they know is not really going to end. Every day is going to bring some new challenges. They're going to have to, to learn. They're going to have to grow. And they're going to have to stretch. Uh, so helping people find the right role for them, the right fit, so it doesn't become a if this or else. Uh, the idea is, is to try and help people find the right fit for them. Uh, when we talk about people joining Lowe's, we, we talk about finding your fit. And so this is true within the digital world as well. Whatever the role has to be, whether it's in DevOps, SecOps, uh, day-to-day main support of legacy systems, ERP, or out on the front lines of creating something new or, and innovative in the digital space, um, I'm just happy to have a broad-minded team that uh, wants to engage it at every level. Uh, some of that is leadership. Dennis mentioned it earlier. Um, I will. I will say that I'm, I'm not. I'm not the. Uh, I'm not the, uh, the. The leader that that uh, that goes out and waves the flag. Uh, I, I I definitely show people where the water is. I show them that there's an opportunity for them to drink. I definitely do share the value to the business because everything I I present to my people is uh, business value. And so when I think about IT, I run it as a business. There's an ROI, there's a bottom line, there's a cost to do business, there's a cost of innovation, there's a cost of investment. Um, and my people are at the center of all of that. So, Dennis, what have you done so that there is an intrinsic motivation which is kindled among your staff versus you having to, I'm sure you don't hammer down, but at least, you know, the extrinsic motivations are short-lived. But you want them to be inspired for good, if not for life. Well, uh, one of my direct reports has a quote that he puts at the end of his email. And it's from Harry Truman. Uh, and he's based in Mexico, so it's kind of unusual. He quotes Harry Truman. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. And I think that is such a positive because... You find groups that want the credit. You find people don't want to work with them anymore. But if you're willing to say, you know, it was done, and here's the people that worked on it, and they did an outstanding job, that draws people in. That is, an, you know, an encouraging and a welcoming uh, approach. I think that's really worked. And, you know, like Ron said, you're always going to have a certain number of people that just want to be part of what's getting done, and then some others you just got to explain it to them. The challenge, and I think uh, we, we've been fortunate at that last 30, that is, you know, I don't know about this, is so many of the IT people that work for me are at these facilities where they see day-to-day the little tweak that they made. You know, it's like sitting there with this old-fashioned stereo you know, where you're not using your uh, remote to manage it, but you got the knobs, you turn it a little bit, and you see how things improve. I, you know, I go back to when I, uh, one of my previous jobs, I was controller in Korea. We had a, a plastics plant. 
that could run more efficiently than any plant we had anywhere in the world. No one believed how efficient it was until they came and saw it. And what it was, those engineers that managed that process would sit there and learn if at 90 seconds in I do this and 110 seconds I do a little of that, that they could actually improve the process. I mean, they were making this better product in a little less time than anyone else could. I've always tried to use that as, you know, again, that small tune of the knob. You know, if you're trying to crank it to volume 11 right off the bat, you're going to scare people off. So I think it is in building that encouraging, inclusive environment. Once again, thank you so much, uh, Dennis and Ron, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations, leaders, both IT and business, can collaborate, get your uh, middle managers work together, and so do your field staff, and make it such an organization where you're all pushing towards that digital zen, if you will, but at the same time, everybody learns and grows. So thanks so much again for all your tips and insights. Thank you. And uh, listeners, uh, please connect with us on social media and uh, subscribe to our podcasts. Once again, thank you for listening to CTN. This is your host, Sanjog All. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.